Yeah, you give it up to the Lord for that. That's good. 
our church. We're giving you our fellowship hall. We're giving you all this property. And we've got $150,000 in the bank. We want to give you that, too, to further the kingdom ministry. So, and that's good news. So they're actually going to have a grand opening in September. About midway through September, they're going to have a grand opening down there. You need to pray for Pastor Nathan. Pray for his wife, Sarah. Yeah. 
your spirit. You would be strengthened on the inside. You would be strengthened in the place where actually it's kind of cool how this works in the Bible. You can hardly tell the difference in some places between the spirit of man and the spirit of God because the spirit of God comes into the spirit of man and changes us from the inside out. That's what's happening there. And so uh, your inner man is your spirit. It's where God speaks. It's where your, where your life is really truly found. It's where we accept or reject what God is saying to us. The spirit, the inner man. Paul prays that his readers might be strengthened in their inner man by the Holy Spirit. One of the greatest ways that the spirit strengthens us is also one of the most painful. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. There's a guy, I've got a lot of heroes in Christian history. I think that's why it's good if you guys can come to our Christian history course and study with us on Wednesday nights. It's good for you in one way that you get some heroes. Because sometimes we look around and we think, where are all the good folks at? Where are all the people I can look up to at? Well, sometimes if you go through history, you'll find they pop up and there have been amazing men and women of God that we can look up to in history. And one of them is a guy named Watchman Nee. Watchman Nee, let's see what we get. There's his picture. Watchman Nee was a Chinese Christian under the communist regimes, and he was actually arrested for his faith in Jesus Christ. He was in prison. He actually ended up dying in a communist prison. He was never released once he was placed there. He was never released in the end of his life. In fact, he died. He was cremated, and he was, his ashes were cast away before his family even knew what had happened. But while he was in prison, this man was devout to the Lord. He was a devout Christian. He was a theologian. He was a pastor, and he he actually wrote down what he believed and what God was showing him in this time in this Chinese prison. And his family members would come to visit him and they would smuggle his writings out. So we actually have several books written by Watchman Nee that his family smuggled out of these Chinese prisons or this Chinese prison system uh, that we have that, that can be really good for our life. Just a great teacher, great theologian, really does an amazing job of seeing what's going on in God's Word. But Watchman Nee taught this, and I believe it's true. First thing he taught is, and the Bible teaches this, Ephesians teaches this, your spirit is dead when you're born. You are born spiritually dead because you are born separated from God in a really real sense. God is there, he's working on your behalf, he's loving you, he's moving you, but at the same time, your spirit is separated from his spirit because of the sin that's in your life. So you're born with a dead spirit. But when you come to Jesus Christ and you surrender your life to Him and you put your faith in Him, and next week we're going to talk a little bit more about what faith means. But when you come to Him, the Holy Spirit comes inside of your spirit and He brings your spirit to life. He brings you, uh, He makes you alive. What was dead has now become alive. And so your spirit is made alive in Christ. The problem is, even though your spirit is alive and you've been awakened and, and you, a new life has come into you, your spirit is still surrounded by your body, your mind, your flesh. It's still surrounded by some things that are contrary to God. And so you're all of a sudden your flesh is at war with your spirit. Your outer man's at war with your inner man. And what Watchman Nee says is your spirit inside is good. God has brought it to life. You have new life. You have new joy. You have a new walk. But it's trapped on the inside. It's got to get out into, into this world some way. It's got to be released from your, from your flesh and from your mind and from your will and all these things that are striving against God. And Watchman Nee says, how does that happen? How does God get the good that's inside of us out into this world? Nee says that God has to take his holy hammer and he, has, and he will actually start to beat on you. He will actually start to wear on you. He will actually
inside, the spirit that's inside of you comes out into this world. And man, all sorts of amazing things happen. All sorts of powerful things happen. But you have to go through this process of brokenness. In other words, let me put it to you this way. Lee says that God is going to allow suffering to come into your life. He's going to allow suffering to come into your life. And as that suffering comes into your life, it actually exposes the good that's within you. Buddhism teaches that, you know, the, the, the great thing in life is to you know, avoid suffering and to actually avoid desire and that sort of thing. Christianity teaches that suffering is a necessary thing for your spirit to get out into this world, the Holy Spirit to get out into this world through you, so all these amazing things can happen. There's a great example in the Bible, a man named Job. I know most of us, if we've done our Bible reading, we've probably read through the book of Job. There's the Sunday school story about Job, which is real short, you can tell it real quickly, and then there's the Bible story about Job, which goes on for 42 chapters. And there's a lot in the middle that we always leave out, and when preachers preach it, we leave that point that part out because it's kind of tough. Job is wrestling with things. God, Job is not always nice and perfect in the way that he sees God. He's very, very human. But I think that's good because we get to see that God deals with real human beings. God isn't dealing with plastic people or perfect people. God deals with real human beings. On YouTube, and I do a lot of YouTube and now with our family, we don't have cable. We watch a lot of stuff on YouTube and, and, and other things because we we willing to pay for cable. But anyway, one of the things I have found on YouTube that has really blessed me is something called the Bible Project. Show of hands, how many of you have heard of the Bible Project? I just mentioned it. How have you not heard of it? No, I'm just kidding. The Bible Project is amazing. It's created by two guys, and this goes to my heart because they, both of these are my backgrounds. One of them is a theologian, and one of them is an artist, a graphic artist. And these two guys, they are Christians in Portland, Oregon, which if you don't know anything about Portland, Oregon, per capita, it has the lowest rate of Christians per capita of any big city in the United States. It is the most godless big city in the United States. But these two guys are devout believers in this city, and they decided to merge their talents, one a graphic artist, one a theologian, and they're actually going through the Bible and they're putting together videos and stories to graphically explain what's going on in the Bible in a way that adults and kids can understand it. 
so they just kind of rush at each other and try to flip each other over on their backs. And if one does that, if one succeeds in that, a lot of times the fight is over, one runs off and one keeps his territory, however that makes it go. But then there's level four. And level four is like nuclear lobster war, okay? It's, it's now escalated to the point where nobody wanted to go, but now it's there. They don't chicken out before the end. Then they advance at each other with their claws open. And they will snap their claws shut on anything they can get a hold of. So they'll grab an eye, they'll grab a leg, they'll grab a tail, they'll grab a claw, whatever they can get a hold of, they actually clamp shut. And then once they clamp shut on their opponent, they'll hold on and they will use their tail to turn a backflip. And they turn a backflip and rip off anything they have a hold of. So a leg might go, an eye might go, a claw might go, whatever they have a good grip on, they're going to rip it off their so a lot of times these lobsters do not survive this. A lot of times when it gets to this point, it's gone too far and one of them dies. But I told you all that to tell you this. This is the real interesting thing. Scientists have studied lobsters and because they have really clear, really clear neurological system, a really clear nervous system, they can study their brain really easily and their nervous system really easily. And what they have discovered is the losing lobster, the one that, that took the most damage in the fight, the one that, that lost its territory, its brain is not sophisticated enough to continue on as it has been. So what happens is essentially the lobster's brain melts down. It's like its brain erases itself. It's like Hillary Clinton's hard drive. It gets wiped. I mean, it's, it's gone. And so as it's erased itself, actually it grows a new brain. It grows a new way of thinking. It grows up almost essentially a new nervous system because it has to go from being the dominant lobster to a more humble, a lower level lobster. Say, so, Frank, why in the world did you tell me that? Human beings, we can feel a lot the same way in certain situations as that lobster. I know if you've gone through any sort of traumatic experience, maybe it was the loss of a loved one, maybe you had a child die from disease, or maybe you, you lost a spouse through divorce, or, or maybe you had a job that you poured your life into and you lost that job for one reason or another, Maybe you had a deadly disease come into your body and just kind of overwhelmed your body and your psyche. But when we go through those traumatic experiences, we can kind of understand the lobster if you've been through that. It's almost like your mind wipes and a new mind grows in its place. It's almost like that was the old me before I went through that experience, but now there's a new me. And for the lobster, it actually helps the lobster survive because in its damaged condition, if it was in other fights, it would probably die. And so this new mind that it developed actually helps it to survive and actually helps it to flourish. It can be a little bit like that with human beings. The great thing 
Dismissed. I love you.